Well, Briar Wood has reimagined the lives of Rongo in Te Rangahau, two 19th century tūpuna of her iwi Ngāpuhi, in a new collection of time-travelling poetry. Rongo was the daughter of leader and warrior Hongi Hika and married another, Hone Hike. Te Rangaho lived in the Hokianga with her husband, Stevedore John Leaf, and raised their 12 children. O'Brien well, also writes fiction and essays and now lives in Whangarei after growing up in South Auckland and working in Britain. She starts by reading the first poem from A Book of Rongo in Te Rangaho. Channeling Rongo, searching for her inspiration, following with wary footprints. When Tohu were far between, from the moko kawai her brother Hare gifted, to the long list of pen names in the scales of Teika, in the dream frequencies of radio. Signals fuzzy with distance, Roimata at the edge of Marae, faces in the footy stand, the healer's concentration in kupu from a copyist's hand, tuahine aroha, peace broker, kanohi kitakanohi. On the front from Antarctic wind, islands in the live stream, Kitakarihi. The river's rere faroro, and gift of electronic listening, building banks for fluid time. A whole poem swirl in galactic transit. Kamau mahara te awa. The river is memory, letters and feathers swim it, pour into a shibori sky, hair's breadth treading on airwaves, zensual tensions, expressions of aroha, Copper plate kaituhi, ka ora ai ngā kupu o rongo. Tēnā koutou ki ngā kaiwhakaoko. Um, hello to the listeners. Rongo and Tarangahau were born within two years of each other. So I think of them as contemporaries in that world of Tokorau, which was a turbulent time and on the forefront of the meeting place between very different groups of people. So I, you know, I think their their lives are so different as well. So they, one of the things they mean to me is just how diverse women's lives can be, and how much that can carry on into the future. So you know, we we have a sort of huge diversity of lives, and um, you can see some of those experiences in their lives in the eighteen hundreds. Did you know their stories, know of them growing up, or have they come to your attention a little later? Yes, I did know about them when I was growing up. I visited some of the sites, actually, even with a school. I went to Waimati North when I was about 10, I think. And revisiting it later when I was, you know, knew more about the history felt very emotional, but I still had those childhood impressions and memories so they all merged together when I was writing about it um, and also you know some of the other places I'd been to I did know that I had papa when I was a young child I learned more about the whānau as I grew up and I have to say that Maureen Lander who's an artist made a huge difference to the whole whānau by doing early research on the lives of the tūpuna, and um, now a lot of people are interested in um, her research. You know, she's known as an artist, but that early research on whakapapa is also invaluable to everybody. Now, Rongo's story, a chunk of her life was living with missionaries at Kirikiri, and her story is fascinating. 
Yeah, she lost her parents quite young and um, was did spend a lot of time in the mission station. Although I think actually often that was the case that children were left with the missionaries in the early days of the relationships between different people because um, often the parents were away at war, which was the case in, in Rongo's life. And so the children were safe for, at the mission station. So that's what um, happened often. And so obviously she was educated in um, both Toreo and in the Bible and so on in missionary ways. Actually, later in life, she did actually reject the mission and was living in Kaikohi and really wanted it to be remain Māori and for Pākehā influence to be kept out. Te Rangahau's story is very different. I mean, another such a strong and visionary wahine, but an entirely different story. A chant for Te Rangahau is the, the second poem in the collection, and I, I think it's um, a beautiful summary of her life. So tell us more about her. I wish I knew a lot more. Um, recently started to have family gatherings where people exchange stories about her. So I my knowledge is actually quite limited. And it's interesting because we know so much more about Rongo, who was a writer, for example, Tarangahau, a mother of 12 children and the wife of John Leaf. I mean, I think that she was very much part of those settler communities, you know, in the Hokianga in those those times. And you know, is remembered by very large whānau now. But, you know, as to actual material evidence of what she thought or her life, there's not so much of that, sadly. So, again, I, I tried to imagine what her life would have been like. One moment you might be in the mission grounds and the next moment you're right slap bang into, <laughs> into the 2020s and modern life. That, an interesting and brave approach, I think to poetry in that way, that it's not set entirely in that 19th century, you are there, but you're also here. It's like reminding us that we we must remember and we must learn from our past. Absolutely. There are many themes in the collection and Kamua Kamuri is one of them, that idea that we do walk backwards into the future. And it's a very popular whakataupi, a very popular idea. And, and there's so much truth in it. I was in Whangarei uh, not long ago in the supermarket and I heard a wahine call her Tama and she called him Tupaya. And I actually had already written a poem about Tupaya, but it was just this wonderful moment where I thought that's what it's all about. You know, that's the, the, the presence of the past, you know, in our daily lives here. Um, and it brought tears to my eyes. It was uh, such a you know, wonderful naming of the past and the present. Um, Tarangahau's name actually means to research. You know, I really wanted to write about that because um, my life as an academic has been so much about research and reading. And so even though, you know, I don't have any knowledge of whether she did those things, I felt a very strong impulse to read about her and still do to find out more about her and her life. And I think a lot of people do feel the impulse to research our whakapapa, to research our whānau, our past, and, uh, you know, her name is a kind of reminder of that, an ongoing reminder of that. You've got a photograph of women harvesting kumara. Uh, that photo is really beautiful, I think. The Northwood brothers fascinate me, and they were based in Kaitaia and around there, and so a lot of the photos, they're a little bit later, actually, than 
the period of Rongo and Tarangahau. I think Rongo passed in 1894 and uh, the, the photos are, yeah, the sort of early 1900s, a lot of them. You still get a sense of that community and rural life. And, you know, it is really central to the collection because Rongo's name means peace. Um, it's also connected to Rongo Matane, um, the god of Kumara. And, uh, you know, I, I have that strong sense of the peace in the garden, the peace that everyone finds in physical work in the garden and the satisfaction of growing crops and feeding oneself. And also, you know, this being in the sunshine in the garden, that sense of belonging to the whenua. So I, I really wanted that to um, be part of the collection. I grew up working in gardens when I was young. My father planted a suburban vegetable garden on an acre of land in the suburbs. And uh, we worked on that when we were children in, in my whanau. So, uh, you know, I have a, a strong connection to that um, way of life. And um, also rongo um, means the senses. So it's used for taste, smell and touch rather than sight. And that's interesting because Rongo's mother was Kuritaku. Kuritaku to lost her sight. And um, so Rongo, there's a sense in which Rongo became her senses. And I think we all understand that to be responsible for others and to be feeling the world in the way that someone else might. That's part of the collection too. I was really interested to know more about the poem Roscommon Road, an encounter with a librarian um, at Manukau Library, because I, I find this such a sad poem of displacement. But can you tell me the, the story of it? Roscommon Road was near where I grew up uh, in Mangari. I, I spent most of my young years in South Auckland and um, the farm where Manuka City was built was actually, um, I actually lived on a farmhouse there, so that's actually in the poem. And um, yes, it was actually sold for development. I mean, I think it was a sort of council sale, you know, it was, it was a forced sale of the family farm, which was a source of grief in the family uh, for a long time, and perhaps still is with some of the elders. Um, but, you know, that changes happen, and that's a Pākehā farm and, you know, a lot of Māori lost their land too in development. And, you know, so I think that sadness is there in the poem. And yet there's also a kind of pleasure, I think, in libraries. Libraries have been my home all over the world and um, a um, companionship perhaps with librarians and uh, that love of books. So, you know, that, that's there in the poem too. I am a guest in her house of files, you write. Le lexicons of flex and mixed text messages. She is a barmaid of barcodes I particularly like as well, a beachcomber in e-bookland. So it, so it is both, but the sense of loss certainly comes through, I think. Oh, well, it's, it's, um, I'm touched that you picked up on that because, yes, it, I think I have a, a sadness when, you know, that was my home and, and my youth where I lived and, um, and, you know, I still love South Auckland very much and, you know, you can't live in all the places that you want to all the time. So I guess writing about them and celebrating them in writing is my way of trying to hold on to those memories and 
you know, to keep keep those places near to me. You wouldn't have known when you were working on this collection that it would come out. And in your poem, Wahinangapuhi, you have a reference to Dame Fena Cooper, top of mind for, for so many of us at the moment, with the release now of the movie of her um, life. But this is a celebration of all Wahinangapuhi, is how I read it. Yes, I think I've been away from Aotearoa often. I, you know, worked in London for a long time. And um, when I came back, I um, just really felt the closeness of being in that Napuhi world, which I missed when I was away. And, um, you know, just admiring what people have achieved and the cultural strength that is in Napuhi, which is still, I think, going to be emerging in the future. Now, in Celebrants, is there a real Jill who was once a flight attendant who now minds the desk and drives tourists all over Northland? I have to know. Yes, yes there is. And she is a celebrant. And I sent her a copy of the poem. So, um, and we did meet in exactly that way um, at Waimati North Station. Um, I, I'm, I could um, perhaps give you, I could find her address for you afterwards if you wanted to get in touch. I believe um, you. I was just curious. Well, it's, it's one, you know, one of the wonderful things about the book is that slowly I'm meeting people who are related, obviously, to all of the people in the book, like yourself, for example. And, um, you know, pe- people will say to me, oh, well, yes, I am related to, you know, so, and as she did. And, um, you know, so I, the actual sense of the living history in Taitokarau is actually increasing the more uh, the book circulates, the, the more people tell me about their whanau and that's really what I want to hear you know um, I'm excited about the prospect of more writing and more books emerging on different whanau and different perspectives on the history I think uh, Taitokara has you know not been the centre of publishing for example although there's very active writers groups in Taitokara and um, so you know that that sense that it will be a growing centre of artistic production is very much part of my awareness of living here at the moment. Your poem, Lessons with Charlotte Kemp, really tickled me because as I read it, it's it's a list of 20 lessons here with Charlotte Kemp. starts with Marry a Practical Man. I thought, oh yeah, I wonder if this is a found poem somewhere. And Give Seeds as Gifts. I thought, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds right. Always dress for dinner. And then number six, quit with a childbearing before you have a breakdown. And I thought, oh, Briar's playing with me here. Um, but what's, yes, the, what's the starting point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I Well, yes, I did a lot of reading about missionary life. And um, a lot of those are actually widely distributed as you say it's a found poem there um stories that people have told about the mission that are there for tourists and for everyone to remember because they are sort of delightful facts about life and um I thought it would be fun to put them all into one poem um and you know again my slightly irreverent sense of humor um allowed me to play with those memories um but there are also um, real memories about lives and the way um, people connected to the wahi, to the place. So it's, again, you know, something I would want to celebrate. A book of Rongo in Te Rangahau by Briar Wood is published by Anahira Press.